This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Hey, like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. And I see you media people as well with your little clickbait headlines. But trust me, I have to make y'all remember why we the best. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and maybe go back to soccer. How good does it feel to be back? You know what I mean? I'm very proud of that accomplishment. The UFC, they can strip fires and give to the fires, make believe belts in order to replicate my champ champ status. But they can't give knockout victories across multiple weight divisions. It's my name in history one more time. For the Irish people, for me, man, I'm like, oh, I'm looking to get smart, do WFAN and Radio.com. I'm on the West Coast side. Mike Tyson should have been here anyway. He's the baddest man on the planet, right? He should have been the one. He should have been the one over here. Uh, I'm over here on the rock, huh? <laughs> you guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 belt. And let's see, I'm going to talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm going to call you. We're going to have a talk. I love you, boy. Dookie Woman is coming tomorrow. And she doesn't know what's coming. Don't blink tomorrow. Believe me, I put such a great talk. Dookie Woman is coming for you Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman on all of the social media, Twitter, then YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, and you can always find me on WFAN.com and Radio.com as well. Uh, this week, we will have, this episode, I will have Scott Holtzman, UFC lightweight fighter uh looking to get back in the cage soon we will get into that a little bit later uh but scott nice to for him to join we get into a bunch of different stuff um and one thing that we do talk about is if you guys notice today if you were listening to the podcast today or yesterday whatever it is but for this fight card between uh Derek lewis and curtis blades a lot of weight cut issues going on a lot of people missing weight a lot of cards getting canceled the fights getting canceled i should say and scott holtzman and i kind of get into that uh what happens with that and, and why that happens more than you think so a lot of cool insight with scott we'll get into that in a few minutes but yeah there's quite a few i think there was four 
fighters that missed weight one, which was uh, one fighter 11 and a half pounds, which was the worst uh, weight cut issue uh, ever, I think, according to uh, to reports in the UFC. I, I mean, we're going to get into it with Scott, but I mean, it's one of these things where where are these fighters mentally? This is why I hate picking these type of fights, and um, it's one of those things where you want to see, you want to almost know, did the fighter give up at some point in time during this weight cut and say, screw it, what, what's, I can't lose any more weight, and I'm not going to really burn myself out, and, and yeah, I'm going to lose some money, I'm going to lose some of the purse, but in the end, I'm going to be better off because I'm going to have more strength this way. I'm going to, I'm not going to wear myself down. Whereas other fighters, you know, to get to that that weight limit, whatever it is, whether it's lightweight at 155 or or uh, welterweight 170 or whatever, you know, they they a lot of these guys are cutting down significant weight to get to where they need to go, and they're depleting their bodies, and they're doing it. So that they can get, they they're doing it the right way, but they're still depleted, and they're still not a hundred percent. And then you get another fighter that's just like, you know what? Screw it! It's not worth the hassle. Let me just get the the energy back. Let me just start sooner. It's not worth the the significant injury to my body. And you know what? What's the worst thing that happens? I lose twenty to thirty percent of my pay, and I still win the fight, and I still get a bonus, and I still. Uh, and put on a pedestal because of my performance. There's there's an issue there. Eddie Alvarez is one who is very vocal about it. Um, Scott and I will talk about that. Israel Adesanya is very vocal about that too. And then there's a lot of fighters that are very upset by that. So that that's just a ongoing issue that that MMA and boxing and a lot of these these combat sports uh, you know run into quite often. And there's no real resolution. I mean, I'm always I'm always the complete opposite. I, I I go to the extreme. I say, take away their entire paycheck, you know, and why not put them in a spot where they completely missed out on money? Because in the end, if they win this fight, they're kind of set up anyway in a, in, in a positive. Give me the last fighter who has missed weight and beat and and won the fight and beat their opponent and didn't move up in rankings, didn't move up in, in star power. Give me that last fighter. I, I don't know if you can find one. Obviously, if you lose, that's going to take a real bad blow because not only did you miss the weight cut, but then you lose the fight. And what's next for you? We've seen Kelvin Gastelum before, you know, being forced into an higher weight class because he could not get that welterweight. He couldn't get in that range. Kept on missing weight. And finally, they said, you know what? Go to 185. And then we got one of the all-time classic fights with him and Israel Adesanya. So... I'm not saying that the UFC is perfect. I'm not saying that the MMA world is perfect or boxing world or anything like that. And I'm not saying that that any, anybody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But the disappointment when you put two fighters that are going in there, not to you know 
play fight. This is real. It's for our entertainment. A lot of people get they get paid because it's entertaining. They get paid because people want to watch two fighters go at it, whether it's, you know, chess match on the ground, whether it's a, a knockout, whatever it is, there are fans that are entertained by what they put out in the cage. But it's not like baseball. It's not like basketball. It's not like, like football or hockey even. You can get seriously hurt by doing the sport on the regular. You can't. One thing that I've always heard is you can't go into a fight half-assed. You can't. If you're not into fighting, then you shouldn't get in a cage because that's when mistakes happen. That's when you get your ass kicked, and that's when you get hurt the most. So to see these guys go in there. To not worry about the weight cut so much, but to still win. There's just a whole bigger issue here that's disappointing. So I mean, again, two two cards have already been uh, two fights have already been scratched from this card tomorrow. The the Blades versus uh, Derek Lewis fight is on. Thank God. There's a bunch of heavyweight fights too. It's it's pretty cool. I'm uh, Andre Olovsky. Uh, that's always my boy. Like every time I every time Andre gets out there in the cage, like I don't care. I'm gonna watch. You know, just it is what it is. He's in his 40s. He's still kicking ass. He's still, you know, remember, he's a former champ. And uh, he's been doing it forever. And good for him. He's adapting. It's a, it's a heavyweight division, man. Like, that's, you think these guys are going to go out there and, and basically, you know, it's a round or two. And the fight's going to be over because someone's probably going to get knocked out. I mean, very, very rarely do you go five Full rounds, and you know, unless it's <laughs> unless it's the Francis Ngannou Derek Lewis fight, which again, that is by far the worst fight of all time, and that's just a rarity. That's you don't get that in the UFC world or the heavyweight world, unless it's that type of fight. I mean, you're getting you're getting knockouts galore. You're getting finishes. You're getting it's excitement. So heavyweights always bring it. This I think there's three heavyweight fights on this. Uh, this card itself, so it's it's going to be a fun card. I, as always, will give you my picks on Twitter at the Hoff WFAN or at the Fight Fan WFAN, and um, I will also be including picks from guys like Jan Gomes, Michael Carter Williams, Arthur Motes, Chris Wade, my boy Matt Casey, getting involved too. And uh, we'll get uh, we as we build this community, we're just going to keep on uh, getting picks from people and. And uh, building roundtables and stuff like that, too. Like, again, UFC 259, not next week, but the week after that will be UFC 259. So hopefully we'll have a big roundtable for that because that's going to be an awesome card. Three title fights. It's just going to be crazy. Uh, But let's uh, before we get into other nonsense, let's get into Scott Holtzman. Let's talk to him. Let's talk about the UFC lightweight division. And let's talk about how he got into fighting, too. So here he is, Scott Holtzman. This is the Fight Fam with Pete Hoffman, and we are being joined right now by UFC lightweight fighter Scott Holtzman. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining on, man. We, uh, we appreciate it, man. And uh, how you how you doing? How's training going? Uh, how's things? How things, man? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Been wanting to come on for a long time, so uh, <laughs> happy to be here. 
training's going good, man. I'm, I'm out in Phoenix right now. I'm, I'm getting dialed in. I made a, I wouldn't say I made some changes, but, uh, I haven't been in training camp out here. The lab is a, a team that the MMA lab in Phoenix is a team that I started with kind of early on, uh, when I was first getting into the UFC and then past couple of years, we, we had a baby. So I wanted to be a little closer to home, closer to my son. So done some training camps in Charlotte uh, and then of course at home in Knoxville. Uh, so now I'm back out here. Um, going to maybe do another one right now and in, in anticipation for the next fight. That's awesome. Uh, uh, how old is your son out of curiosity? He's about two and a half. He, he'll be three uh, May 9th, but he has red hair, man, and he's a pistol. <laughs> so uh, he's working us over bad, man. We're, we're struggling. We're on the ropes. We're battling. I hear you, man. I hear you. I got, I, got three of my, I got three of my own. I have the youngest. Is He's going to be four July or August, I should say. And it's just, it's, it's, it's chaos. But I can only imagine yeah. man, how, how you juggle training and, and, a, and a two-year-old, man. It's, it's nuts. How do you, um, how do you try to, to find that time to, to, for family life as well as train, training? Well, it's tough. You know, I don't have a ton of training partners in Knoxville. It's kind of a smaller city. Um, so, uh, when it gets down into the meat and potatoes of, of training camp, I have to travel a little bit. Uh, the reason I was in Charlotte was, uh, I could go Monday through Friday and then I would drive home on the weekends. It was only about three and a half hours. Um, you know, of course that's hard to do. Um, it's hard to make that drive after a full week of training, but, uh, being able to at least see my son for a couple of days is, uh, was definitely worth it. Um, I mean, you know how it is with kids, man, you miss you miss a couple days and it feels like a year. So uh, I'm already struggling with that a little bit, being being so far away from home, not getting to see the fam right now. But, um, you know, the the best thing I can do for the family is uh, put bread on the table and win and, and not get hurt. So, um, you know, I, I used to do this for me, but now it's, you know, I got to put it in perspective and, and kind of do it for them. So that's that's what I'm telling myself right now. It's getting me through it. And you are by far the toughest division in all of MMA in the lightweight division. I mean, t- take me through that. Uh, each fight is it, listen, you're a fighter. It's not, not in there. You're not playing games. You're not in there to, to you know, you shake hands at the end of each fight, but still it's, yeah. it's a da- the most dangerous sport out there. Yeah. You have a family, you, ha- you have to, put, you have to put bread on the table, but how do you go into a cage and, uh, and what's the philosophy going into the mentality? Give, give me that insight, man. Uh, well, first off, to go in there and do that, you have to have a few screws loose. So <laughs> uh, anybody that, that tells you that fighters don't have some screws loose uh, is, a, is a liar. But, um, I mean, basically, you know, when you start to look at it as a business, uh, you know, you start looking at, at guys and, and once you get to a certain level, you're not really scared of guys or anything. My, I mean, my division is, uh, is ridiculously good. I mean, there's not a bad, I feel like one through 30 could beat each other on any given night on the right night. But, um, so, I mean, after a while, you're not really scared of guys, but you also know that if you don't win, you don't get paid as much. So, uh, you're kind of fighting for, you know, for family and, and, you know, putting bread on the table too. So, uh, so that becomes a big thing eventually. Um, so, but 
it, it's definitely not easy. And my division is, is ridiculously stacked, like I was saying. But uh, it's kind of unfortunate, too, because if you look at other divisions like uh, light heavyweight or even heavyweight, it's like, you know, you win two fights and you do pretty good. Shit, you're up in the top 15, top 10 yeah. sometimes. Um, and the problem with the lightweight, too, everybody's so good, but – and you got to fight all the good guys and, and it takes years and years to climb up into the top 10. And if you lose one, you're, uh, you're set back a couple years, but then you're getting paid to, you're getting paid the same, no matter if the guy's good or not. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately it's a little bit harder to put bread on the table in the lightweight division than it would be in a lot of other divisions, probably most of the other ones. And I feel like, you know, it's just it, not saying it's top heavy at all because it's not, it's, but, but I feel like, the stars come out of this lightweight division and they, you know, Conor McGregor comes around when he feels like it. Michael Chanley just, just entered the, the, the rankings and has picks and chooses who he wants to fight. It's gotta, it's gotta be tough. Like you, you've worked hard. Your record is phenomenal. I mean, you, what are you 14 and four, right? Yeah. That's, that's a phenomenal record. And one of the toughest divisions in, in the sport and yet it's, it's tough to really get those shots. I've seen some other people and, and you know, we've seen uh, Cody Garbrandt in the bantamweight rose super fast. Uh, yeah. Guys like uh, Kamaev is coming up in, in the uh, welterweight division. He's flying up there. Obviously, he can't fight right now with his COVID issues. But you see all these other divisions where these guys just kind of jump up real quick. You're right. Yeah. It's just so stacked for the top 30 you can't really make any ground. It's, it's, it's gotta be frustrating now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I mean, before the last fight, I, you know, was knocking on the door and if I beat Benil, then I'm up ranked in, you know, top 15, top 10. And that was real attractive. And I wanted to do that and been working hard for that, but uh, it didn't happen. So now, you know, you got to fight your way back up, but that takes a while, man. And, and then you see guys too, um, I was talking about this with somebody today. Uh, those guys that rise up fast like that, that come off the contender series or they come and take a short notice fight and have a good win, uh, the UFC pushes them really fast. And most of the time it's too fast. So you get these young guys that it takes time to develop in fighting, but they move these guys super fast. And then all of a sudden these guys are up fighting top 15, top 10 guys. And then they start getting knocked down a few notches and, and, uh, start getting beat up a little bit and sent back down and then climb their way back up. Uh, I think a prime example of that, well, some guys on the contender series, but uh, maybe lightweight is uh, Alex Hernandez. He came in mm. short notice, knocked out Benil uh, with a really good punch. But then all of a sudden he was brand new to UFC, maybe like five, six, seven and oh, but he's up and could only fight top 10 guys because he knocked off a top 10 guy. Right. So, um, so then he stuck and took a couple losses, got bounced around, got, you know, beat out of the rankings. Now he's kind of on his way back up after he's developed some, but, um, it's a, it's an unforgiving game. And, uh, you know, you, you get up there with the, the lead dogs and there's, it's a tough living. No, it's, that's definitely not easy, man. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's, if you're that young, how much that could screw you up? Like I, I'm, I was always a Johnny Walker fan. I was like looking to see what he could do um, in, yeah. the, in the light heavyweight division, and and I saw him um, the way he got dismantled by Corey Anderson. It was just it was, it was shocking yeah. to me. And was that was that too quick 
of a uh, of a of a journey for him, you know? Yeah, I mean that's another example. Johnny Walker is a great example because he, uh, you know, he was a showman. He put on, he danced, he, you know, he did all the social media stuff, and uh, the UFC pushed him real quick. But fight wise, was he ready for that? Was he ready for those guys? Probably not. They, the UFC hype machine, man. I'm telling you, they could put, <laughs> they could put uh, my grandma on some UFC commercials and say that she's the best new hottest thing in town and can beat all the guys and they would believe it <laughs> like when just like when joe rogan said that he thought ronda rousey could beat mayweather in boxing oh, i know now. i know hey listen it's an it's a it's an espn world you live in now everything is hyped yeah. up everything's top 10 you know what i mean that's what they that's what they're looking for and it's yeah. not a bad thing i mean have you seen the difference um from being on fox and now being on espn have you noticed a difference at all uh in any capacity i don't i don't we don't really notice a difference i mean for us even when it was you know fight pass fox fox sports one espn the camera crews are all the same guys they just switch the logos on the cameras (laughs) but i mean it's all the same really but uh i think we're getting a lot more eyeballs on espn obviously uh they're the leader so yeah. And for me, you know, it's cool. When I was a kid, uh, everybody watches Sports Center and ESPN. So uh, it was definitely a bucket list thing for my son and I to be on Sports Center, the intro to Sports Center one day, and to fight on ESPN and to win on ESPN is is cool. So um, I think ESPN is the leader. I'm I'm definitely proud to be on there. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, I my my kid. I mean, I've I've been radio, so we have our own. You know, we have our own stations, we have our own thing and whatnot, but he half the time changed it to go to e- to ESPN because he wants to watch highlights. Yeah. He wants to watch the actual sports. He doesn't want to talk about it as much. He wants to watch the uh, – yeah. uh, so I get it, man. No, I mean, that, that's an awesome experience. Um, who's the coolest uh, UFC analyst that you've spoken to or who, who's the guy that you feel like is just like the most chilled, most laid back or coolest? Uh John Annick's always been pretty nice. Uh, I think he's starting to get a little bigger now, so I'm not the head, sure. The he's, head's getting bigger or just? Yeah, it, it could be a little bit. He's not as widespread cool, or maybe he doesn't go out of his way to uh, to be as cool. But uh, he's always been super nice to me. Um, let's see, who else? Mike Goldberg was always real nice to me back in the day. Of course, he's not around in the UFC, which is unfortunate. Um but I'd probably say Anik was was the coolest. Most of the guys are usually pretty nice to me. DC is one of my favorites too. I enjoy him. Uh, he's just a nice guy overall. He's super funny. So yeah, I really enjoy all those guys. It's got it's a good cast. It's it's funny because I mean you see analysts in all other sports. Like you're you're a big sports fan, am I right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, you watch baseball, you watch hockey, you watch NBA football. You see all these guys that are, like, in front of, on, in front of the mic and they, you know, played sports for all these years. But I feel like UFC and MMA, the, the talent is, is unbelievable that, that you could step in the cage and be so killer, but then get in front of the mic and have such a personality. It's, it's amazing that they're doing that. You know, I, really, I think that, that the UFC has really built up a really nice crop of analysts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, that's hard work that being on camera and I don't think people understand, you know, the preparation it takes and, and to be comfortable on that camera, it's hard, man. So, uh, I really admire those guys who transition from fighting to analysts or even guys that are doing it while they fight. 
because um, it takes a lot of work, man. And, and to study those fights and know all that, it's, it's tough. But I hear they get a lot of, uh, uh, of cheat sheets though along the way. So I, that, yeah. like, you and I have to watch – you have to watch every ounce of tape. I have to watch every ounce of tape. I think yeah. it gets a nice little booklet of, of, of notes yeah. that I don't get. <laughs> yeah, they do. You'd be, you'd be surprised how smart some of these fans are and stuff, man. Sometimes fans will rattle off stats about me that I had no idea. So, oh yeah. yeah. What's the craziest stat that you've ever uh, heard or anything that could pops to you? I don't know. Sometimes people will talk about, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I've, I've been up in the top 10, top five and uh, striking accuracy and takedown accuracy and stuff like that in the division. So I didn't know that. Uh, that was surprising. Sometimes the stats pop up on the TV and I, I see them for the first time. Um, but sometimes guys will talk about old interviews that, I've done, and I've done so many now, of course. I mean, it's part of it, but, you know, I don't watch them back all the time, and, and people talk about an interview and some sort of question I answered, and so I, sometimes I'm blown away by stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and it's a shame because there are a lot of good fans out there, but like I was talking about, Anik kind of getting a big head. It's not really that, <laughs> but some, sometimes in this game, the fans will kind of turn you cold, and I think it's unfortunate for, for the true fans because – uh, we're so accessible now, um, you know, it's easy to really talk shit to us and everything else. So a lot of those trolls really ruin it for a lot of the good fans. You know, we're not as interactive as we could be because we're constantly taking shit on there. So, dude, that's honestly, that's something that I was talking about all the time. Like, so we have a bunch of athletes around here that there's always like a, in the, in the spotlight, like a, a, on the Mets, Marcus Stroman is somebody who has been vocal on Twitter and he blocks a lot of guys and he doesn't want to hear any nonsense. And he just, it's a very odd uh, dynamic between the fans and between the, the, the keyboard heroes and stuff like that, keyboard, yeah. keyboard warriors and stuff like that. Um, but I always defend to him because I always say that it's not easy. Like you're, you're in a sport, you're in, you're in the spotlight and you don't need to be seeing this nonsense from people. You, but, and, and fans are so easily accessible to talk shit to you constantly. Yeah. It's, it, I don't blame him for wanting to block somebody. It's, what, yeah. it's, it, what's the, what's the, it's, he isn't, you don't need that energy. You just don't. No, no and, the, and the problem is too, and I, I'll block people most of the time if somebody comes at me with just something totally out of left field and just craziness, then I'll just be like, man, I block. I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> And sometimes people like friends of mine, they'll get on there and stand up for me and stuff like that. When, when people get on my page and talk shit, but they're like, man, how do you just let people say that and then not respond? Or I'm like, man, I've just dealt with it so much. Like you learn after a while, you can respond and, and burn those guys down and make them feel dumb or whatever you want to do, but they never stop. Like no. they will never stop responding. So I could waste hours just, just chatting back and forth with a troll, man. And, and, you know, the, wow, you suck. You're ranked 22nd. I'm like, well, man, I'm ranked higher than you. They're like, yeah. Yeah, you're still a bum. I'm like, well, so are you. Well, yeah, but you're not good. And it's like, man, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, yeah. no, I got to do it. Yeah. Well, uh, the pa you got to appreciate the passion of the fans, but on the other hand, you got to be like, okay. 
just take a take a chill pill. We have yeah. to take a break from social media at some point in time. But that I mean that that's the that's the good and the bad of it. You guys are easily accessible, so I can get to see what you're doing, what you guys are promoting. I always feel like the, you look at Trevor Bauer in baseball. The guy just signed a freaking hundred million dollar deal for three years. 40 million for for one year and it's like oh it's because of basically what he's done through social media his his promotions he's trying to build up a company it's a good idea um so you could look try to get it that way but on the other hand there's there's a lot of negativity on it too so i i agree yeah. man it's, it's 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 tough um what what other sports are you really big on too? like what's your favorite sport besides like mma well i I used to be a huge hockey fan, and then when I kind of started MMA, I sort of transitioned out of it, sort of uh, sort of closed the door on it. But I still have – I have guys I've met from the Predators and, and other teams throughout the year that I've kind of – I've been friends with. They've been at fights or whatnot. So now I'll kind of watch hockey, and I'll watch baseball just to watch friends play. You know, I'll, I'll try to tune in uh, for Jan's games whenever I can catch them. Uh, there's another guy from Knoxville, Mike Miner. Oh yeah, for the Royals now. I think this year, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll try to watch those guys play. Uh, we I have a golfer friend, Scott Stallings. So I'll try to watch golf every now and then. So now it's really just uh, trying to tune in to watch friends. Who is the best jujitsu specialist out of those guys? Probably Jan. Jan knows a little bit of jujitsu. He kind of sandbags a little bit, <laughs> um, but he trains some jujitsu early on. He's Brazilian, man. I think all those Brazilians come out of the womb knowing a little bit of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Oh, dude. He, first of all, I can't even believe he's the first Brazilian baseball player ever. So that that's a shocker of itself. But yeah, yeah dude, he's 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 grown it, into it. No, no question. I'm surprised he didn't go that way or soccer. You know, that's that's what that's what you would expect. Yeah. Soccer player, but he came to baseball and he's fantastic at it. Um, yeah. It's got to be cool. That's the one thing. Like I've, I've spoken to like a bunch of people, even like Matt Brown, for example. I spoke to him, and he's like a big like big into like music and like rock music and metal and stuff like that. He met a lot of cool musicians and bands and stuff like that. Is that one cool thing about MMA and UFC that that's kind of opened that platform to meet other athletes? Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure. I mean, I'm uh, Scottsdale. I think he's uh, playing for the giants now. Um, he likes to box and he's a UFC fan. So that was pretty cool. I think, uh, Maybe he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I'm not sure, but oh, what was that? Um, you, uh, you, you hook up around. Who was that? Oh, I yeah. I mean, that's for sure. I met uh, Evan Longoria today. Oh yeah, he plays for the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he likes to box and he likes UFC too. So he was in today working out with uh, at my gym over in Scottsdale that I do my strength and conditioning with. Jan actually worked with that guy too. Is it's Premier Fitness Systems over in Scottsdale. Uh, guy there, Brandon Harris, is amazing. So um, I meet a lot of guys through there. And then, you know, meeting other pro athletes, uh, I think there's a mutual respect there for any type of sport that's done at the high level, highest level uh, for guys. And then, I mean, fighting is the ultimate sport. You know, everybody likes to watch. There's no rules to learn, really. <laughs> uh, you just see two guys out there uh, – beating on each other and everybody enjoys that what got you into fighting what got what what really was there someone in particular was it a, a family member was it a, a fight that you saw on tv what, what really got you into fighting uh i was kind of struggling after 
after college baseball and hockey, um, you know, I was working in a cubicle all day and staring at a computer and talking on the phone and it was driving me crazy. So uh, I had a friend at the time who was training. So I just kind of followed him to the gym to do some jujitsu. I started, started with jujitsu and then uh, did a fight about a year later. Uh, one in 40 seconds, didn't even get hit, did another fight one. So I was like, all right, I'll just go till I lose. And then I made it all the way, made it all the way to the UFC until I lost. And then, man, I'm in the UFC and I'm like, holy shit, th- these dudes are like division one wrestlers. They're world champion kickboxers, jujitsu. I'm just a, a athlete from Tennessee, no combat sports experience. I'm up here with these dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, who made a lifetime out of it i'm like yeah, all right whatever as long as i don't have to sit in a cubicle i'm good yeah no that's freaking crazy who we talked a little bit earlier about like you know the the lightweight division and, and you particularly your training um is there someone particular that you really want to fight right now is there any any name is there anything that you're uh really looking to eyeing right now as far as fighting goes no I, there were they're just probably a handful of guys kind of right around me that, you know, makes sense, but you just never know right now with COVID. You don't know who's wanting to fight, who's not wanting to fight. Um, so I just said, man, just give me somebody. I don't care. They said they had an opening on the April 17th card. Um, so I'm out here training, man. I'm ready to go. If that doesn't happen, I'll try to hop on something short notice. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, you're just not scared of any of those guys anymore. It just becomes another fight and everybody's good. So uh, there's, there's not really any easy fights and you get paid the same for everything. So um, you just got to kind of be okay with it. You know, it's funny, but Bilal Muhammad is just taking over for uh, on the Leon Edwards fight because uh, Kamayev just uh, is with the COVID stuff is, is just not able to fight right now. I'm not really sure how bad he is, but it, it seems like it's yeah. getting pretty bad. Um, but like a short notice fight, it's crazy because that type of fight for Muhammad is, is such a huge fight. Edwards, you know, hasn't lost in forever, so talented. And you see like things like Biz being back in the day when he took on Rockhold for a title short notice yeah. and he knocked him out. It was just, you, it just, you just, I mean, it was for a title, but still short notice fight can really just jump you in the rankings and put you in the spotlight. I mean, is that even better for you? Would you even prefer like a short notice fight over that, like an April 17th fight? Uh, you know, I've done a short notice fight or two. Um, and in, in Muhammad's situation, he's coming off a fight. He didn't get too beat up really. Um, he's, he's kind of capitalizing on that clout. He's, he was calling for a higher ranked opponent. So it's going to work out really good for him. I think in that situation, man, I would do it too. He's, uh, you know, he's motivated, he's hungry, he's all that. But for me, I, you know, the short notice fights, I took one and lost. And after that, I was like, man, that didn't really make sense. Why did I have to jump on that fight and try to, you know, try to do that? I lost money. Nobody knows after about a month, nobody remembers it was a short notice fight. When they look back at my record, they don't know that I only had three months to train and had to lose 30 pounds, blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't make sense. And the UFC doesn't care. Everybody thinks the UFC, like you're doing them a favor, but man, they don't give a shit about you. So whether you did them a favor or not really. So, uh, I just assume not do them really. If I start to get hard up and I'm in good shape and um, I'm really needing to fight, I'll do it. But there's not really any upside to it for me. 
Really, that's crazy. I mean, listen, I, again, I get it. It's you, you prefer the full training. You prefer the, especially if you know the opponent and you could really like game plan. I mean, that, that's what it's about. A lot of game plan. You're, you're not one of these people that are just going to go in there blind and be like, all right, I'm going to work on myself and work on what my techniques. You're going to go and sit there and study your opponent, right? Yeah, I mean, I do that. And then I have a lot of weight to lose. And, and then the pace that I fight at, I have to be in really great shape. So, um, there's a lot of variables in there that aren't in my favor on a short notice fight. So, but I mean, everybody will say that, but uh, you know, if I have an opportunity for a camp, I'm going to do that all day. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. Uh, I see. Oh, is there anything in your future for a different weight class? Or you just, you're just, you're just the one, one, one fifty five. That that's you. Uh, no, I've been thinking about it. It's just a, you know, the 15 pound jump is a problem. Like mm. those guys are so big. They're six foot, six foot two, 200 plus pound men. I'm just, I'm 5'9", 185 at best. I'm just not big enough frame for those guys. I'm a little too big for lightweight. The cuts are super hard on me. Mm. I probably never fight at 100%, but uh, I'm just not big enough for 170 either. Those guys are big. So, um, you know, if they would put a 62 or a 65 in there, I'd be the first one to sign up. <laughs> I think there'll be a few people right behind you as well, man. I mean, that, that's been talked about forever. And it's got to be disappointed too, because you work so hard for that, that for cutting weight, making sure that you're on point. And you've had a few opponents that, that miss weight. Yeah. I've, I've heard who had that major rant. I'm, gonna, I'm forgetting now, but it was like so furious. Like, you know, you should lose more than just like, you know, 20, 30% of your pay. This should be. That was easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with that. What what do you what's what's the best action in that? What what do you see? What do you feel like is the best thing? I always said, why not have them uh, fight for? I know it's crazy for no pay though. You know, just 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 like totally lose their their paycheck because what's the, they're still if they win the fight, it's they're they're still a good spotlight. You know. Yeah, I mean that's the problem too. Benil, you know, he missed weight big time, three four pounds. You know, is a big deal. Um, but it's just not a financial burden enough to want to push through and want to dedicate yourself to it. I just think they, they need, I definitely agree with that. It needs to be a hard, more harsh penalty. I don't agree with not getting paid at all, man, because you know, you invest money in training camp and all that and you have to pay people around you. But I also think the, the penalty should be stiff enough to where you don't want to miss weight. I think that clears up a lot of things and, and then it's like, well, if they miss weight and if they miss weight, you get 30% of their show purse, but they still get their full win bonus. It's like, right. okay, well, you still get rewarded for winning. Well, you had a huge advantage. Like, you know, he's three, four pounds heavier. I came in smaller for the fight by design to, so I could move more. And then he has this huge weight, weight advantage, man. Everything he hit me with hurt me. It was crazy. So whether or not he just hits i've heard he hits really hard and i mean i know firsthand he hits really hard but <laughs> whether or not that weight advantage played into it who knows but um you know i would like to have a le equal playing field that's for sure yeah i mean you know you're working your ass off to get, make sure that you get that 155 and he's clearly misses weight he he didn't pr properly cut and you know do you think that at some point in time, you're just like, you know what? It doesn't make it again. The, the, I'm not going to lose enough money where it's really going to hurt me at all. So I prefer to go into the fight as, as 
close to 100% as possible rather than work myself down to try to cut down another pound or two. Yeah, guys do that all the time. It's ridiculous. It's a well-known thing. I mean, that was the thing that Tony Ferguson was saying about Oliveira before that fight. He was saying that Oliveira was just going to sandbag it, miss weight, pay a little money, and then fight heavier, fight in better shape, blah, blah, blah. So guys do that all the time. Yeah. That's there's nothing to do, but you can't. There's nothing they can do to stop that because that, I feel like that's that's a for the casual fan you might not realize that, but I feel like for the diehards they definitely see that more often, and it's definitely frustrating for sure. Yeah, no, it is frustrating because um, you know you you want to you want it to be fair, but guys they just don't care, man. No, no, they don't. I it's that is frustrating. Well, we'll listen. We'll we'll dive into yeah. that more. I but also I mean too it's like when they miss weight like that, you could say, well, I don't, I don't think I want to fight because it's an unfair advantage. He's way bigger than me. Well, okay. Well, you don't get paid. So you're kind of in a bind. Yeah. You make a little more money, but you know, you're also risking your health, uh, you know, and, and your potential, your career really. Cause when you lose, it sets you back a ton. I mean, I've, I've, money, all. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I sit there and I look at these fights and I always say, like, people, you know, people ask me for my picks and I try to stay away from those type of fights because I don't know the mentality. For for the person that cut the weight, did the work, it's it's easy to say, okay, this guy did, did his job. But for the person that didn't cut the weight properly, I go, I don't know where they're at. Was it a really tough uh, weight cut? Did they have to go to the hospital? Did they need fluids? Did they need all this other stuff? Or was it just BS? I mean, that's, I, that's, I can't stand that. I, that's, it, I'm sure you're just as frustrated as anybody else because it just it's hurt, hurt you in, in, uh, in some fights. Um, so UFC uh, Vegas 19 is the, uh, the fight card this weekend. Did you see anybody that you – I mean, listen, there's a lot of heavyweights on there. Are you a big fan of the heavyweights? What, what are you more for the, the, the big bangers or do you prefer the, um, the, the quicker, more versatile fighters? No, I like the heavyweights. Sorry, I'm pulling my chicken out of the oven right now. All good, man. Don't do um, it. No, I like the heavyweights, man. I think it's – you know, they're always exciting, right? Like any moment they could, uh, you know, they could have a knockdown. But that's another one of the things, like I said, I think, you know, there's not as many big, bigger guys out there, especially bigger guys that are athletic and can compete. But, um, you know, those guys win a couple fights. They're up in the top 10. So I know, you know, it, it works out good for them. Always. My boy, Andre Olofsky is still fighting. It's unbelievable. Could you, could you believe that this guy is still out there? Uh, I mean, at 42 years old, putting up a fight as he normally does. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it is crazy. In the heavyweight division. That's, yeah. I mean, listen, we saw Randy Couture do it until he was 45, 46. Uh, do, you, do you see yourself getting into, like, the 40s, like oh, mid-40s yeah. and fighting? <laughs> no, not at all, man. I, that's a little too hard for me. I don't want to do that. It's, it's hard on your body. So, um, but I still feel good, man. I, you know, I got a late start, so I don't think I'm as beat up as guys who've maybe been wrestling their whole life or, or something like that. But, um, you know, I, it's definitely hard on your body. So I'm, I'm definitely not doing it into my 40s. But I still <laughs> got some good fight left in me. Um, so uh, I am still can still compete with the younger guys and stuff like that. I just can't train like I used to. But um, I'm definitely going to – continue to put on some exciting fights. 
Well, we're looking forward to it, Scott. Man, listen, uh, enjoy your chicken. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got going on right now? What are you, what are you eating? And just meal prep, just chicken thighs. That was it. It's boring. Nah, no. Well, it's terrible. It's not, as, not as glamorous as people think. <laughs> well, dude, you got to be in yeah. shape. You got to do what you got to do, man. So I get it, man. Good, good for you. Yeah. Well, Scott, listen, I appreciate the time, man. I, and let's, let's catch up again soon, dude. And uh, anything yeah. you want to promote? Anything you particularly want to promote? Oh, uh, no, man. I just I appreciate you having me on. Um, and anytime, man, we can do a roundtable. Uh, if you can put up with my silly Tennessean accent. No, dude, it was all good, dude. I love it. And uh, we'll get we'll get we'll get Yon on too. We'll get your we'll get your buddy Yon on. And we'll we'll go through it. All right. Yeah, he loves MMA, man. He's a he knows more about it than I do. So he's probably a better <laughs> guest. That'd be fun. No, man, you were great, Scott. Listen, I appreciate the time, man, and I'll, I'll be in touch. All right. All right, appreciate it. Take care. And thanks again to Scott for the time, man. That was great. Um, you know, it's always interesting. Everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a different. Uh, everyone's got different backgrounds. Everyone's got different philosophies. Everyone, you know, it's not everyone's a showboat. Not everyone's uh, looking to. You know, we talk about these these last minute fights. He's he's done it before. He doesn't want to do it again. You know, it's it's all different stages in their career. You know, it's it's just it's just crazy. So uh, good luck to Scott. Hopefully, he does get a fight. In uh, in April, and hopefully it doesn't have to go in last minute. But uh, looking forward to that. Um, Bellator, by the way, one thing we haven't talked about. I can't believe I haven't talked about it, but but I know I've been getting texts from people, so it's gonna come up, and we're gonna get into it probably more next week, and when when other things start happening. I mean, obviously we've seen the PFLs of the world; they're starting to launch dates, and, and a lot of money started going to that promotion. But Bellator, uh, listen, Scott Coker, I respect the man a lot. He really is trying to put a great product out there. He's been trying to do it for quite some time, and it just always seems like he's missing somewhere. Um, Bellator is always, like, way past their prime. It's the WCW to the WWE. It's, it's just never like, hey, you got the guy finally. You, you got the star. You got the star name. You just didn't hap- happen to get them while they were in their prime. But Scott Coker has tried so hard to put together a good product, and he finally came through. The Light Heavyweight World Grand Prix, which is starting April 9th, is stacked. It's it's actually something to look forward to, and it's, it's, it's exciting. You know, you got Ryan Bader, Lloyd Machida, Corey Anderson. Um, you got Anthony Rumble Johnson. You got Yoel Romero. I mean, that's that's a really good tournament that you got going on right there. That that's that is legit. Like we talk about all this time that he's always missing the boat, but but this time he nailed it. You know, he's always got money to to back to back up. You know, and he's always trying to bring in a lot of good talent, but for some reason it's just not always there. And now finally, um. It's just I'm excited for it. You know, there's just a lot of good fights and a lot of good matches that can come out of this. So the uh, the light heavyweight World Grand Prix from Bellator. Now they're gonna have some ranking system too, which is interesting. It's good. It's good to see that, that Scott's always trying his hardest. Sometimes doesn't nail it, but this he nailed. So good for him. And we will see. Uh, thanks again to Scott Holtzman for joining us. Appreciate that. We will be back next week. I will also give you a, a, a reaction. Unfortunately, this week I was not able to do that. Uh, this, this past weekend, I was not able to do the the, uh, the live reaction of the Kamaru Usman fight. It's my wife's birthday, 
So I went out, took my wife out for her birthday. We had a Valentine's Day too. It's you know Valentine's Day, her birthday both falls on the uh, same weekend as always. It's the 13th and the 14th. So I gotta take care of my wife. She she takes care of me. So I gotta do the same for her. So there was no uh, instant reaction, live reaction to Kamaru Usman. Um, it is what it is. You know, I, I just just keep on following me. We'll we'll get this. Listen, this podcast has just started. Really, you know, we just started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe a month ago now. And it's just the guests are getting getting better. The community's building. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. And where you know, if there's any suggestions you want, please feel free to hit me up on, on Twitter or anything like that. And we'll just make it better. But we're here for you and appreciate the time and appreciate the listens. Uh we will be back. So instant reaction, live reaction. I will put one out on Saturday night after the Derek Lewis and the Curtis Blades fight. And then we will be back next Friday to preview the Rosenstrike versus Cyril Gain heavyweight fight. Talk about ooh. Back to back heavyweight fights. Let's go. That's another good card, too. But we'll get into that. Rosenstrike versus Cyril Gain. Uh, that's next week. We'll preview that next Friday as well. And we'll see who else we get as uh, as, as far as guest wise goes. But again, follow me, follow picks at the Hoff WFAN. And we will see you guys next week on The Fight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.